So, Brie. Yeah? I know you have a beverage. Yeah? Is it too late for you to get a beverage? No. For you to try a beverage. Why, you have another beverage for me to try? I do. What is it? Is it good? Do I close my eyes? What is it? Okay. So, Emma Chamberlain has her coffees. Yes. You can buy at Walmart. Right. I have had the vanilla one, and I've had the mocha one, and it tastes really bad. Yes, you've told me it tasted like vomit. Yes. Am I crazy? Like, maybe I'm the you problem. You want me to taste vomit now? I do. I want you to give your review of the Emma Chamberlain coffee. Okay, it's got a nice sound. One, two, three, down the hatch. <laughs> it's a little bitter. It's like almond milk. Hold on. It's not, okay, it's not terrible. But it's not like I'd roll on a sip. It doesn't feel like a treat. It feels more like punishment a bit. Like, it's, I mean, you can try it. It's not like, I mean, I would sit, if I really needed caffeine, I might drink it. But I'm not, like, enticed. Oh, no. That's not okay. She doesn't even go here. Yesterday, I did Scritchy. So, and today, Fendi, so. It's hot. Who dishes the truth? Judge Judy. <laughs> Judge Judy. But also, oh my god, this weekend, Brie, I, I like, went to that wedding, and I was, you know, at my fiance's, like, mom's house. Yeah. And someone mentioned Judge Judy, and I just, my, I, like, my soul left my body, and I was like, I love Judge Judy. <laughs> and everyone looked at me like I was crazy, and was like, really? Are you joking? And I was what? like, what? No. <laughs> I love joking. this woman. <laughs> Why would you be joking about Judge Judy? I don't know. And who doesn't love Judge Judy, first off? It's true. It's like saying you don't love Beth, Diane, or Goldie. Oh, exactly. It's like, they're national treasures. My route, like, Mount Rushmore is those three women. Yeah, And then Judge Judy. And Judge Judy's the... Right, because there's four, right? Judge Judy's kind of off to the side by herself. She's, she's her own that lane. one. Yeah, she's... <laughs> oh, Lord. But yeah, I mean, the first Wives Club is the Mount Rushmore of older woman comedies. Yes. Anyways. Hey, it's Nikki Jensen. And Brie Piccone. And we're... Late to the Party. A weekly podcast about film, fashion, and pop culture from two best friends mentally getting revenge on their ex-husbands in 1996. Hey, it's not revenge, it's justice. Justice. Just like Judy. Just like Judy. <laughs> Judge Judy would take one look at this case, if there was one, on the First Wives Club and be like, overruled. This, this, yeah. Dismissed. Yes, she would. Bring in the dancing lobsters. I can see it. It's time I waste my time with this. Yes. But um, today we are talking about the 1996 comedy the First Wives Club, starring patron saints Diane Keaton, Goldie Hawn, Bette Midler, Amen. Oh, and also Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, yeah. And Elizabeth Berkley. Elizabeth Berkley. And Dan Hedaya. And I'm trying to think what else. This movie has so many great, like, oh, Maggie Smith. Oh, yes. Dame Maggie Smith. Dame Maggie Smith. Stalker Channing. Yes. The pervy dad from Seventh Heaven. Um, Marsha Gay Harden. <laughs> And, um, oh, that guy that was, that plays the gay guy. Yes. In all the gay 90s guys. Yes. Oh my God. That's not Rupert Everett. Oh, that would. The other gay The guy. other gay guy. Yeah. But. No, 
this movie has everything. It's got like a, a musical, like, um, well, it has a sad montage. It does. It has a dancing number. And a singing number. A singing number. It has like a revenge slash like heist plot. Yes. Gay bars. It does have gay bars. It has sisters doing it for themselves. Yes. It has... Talk about it being the 90s the whole time. This movie is the most 1996 movie a movie could ever be. Yes. It radiates. Like, the moment that the movie starts and we see Diane Keaton's kitchen, which is very Nancy Myers-esque. Yes. But, like, all the, the wood, like, everything screams 90s. It does. I love that. I do, too. This movie's so good. I don't know. It is. Okay, so, First Wives Club. Yeah. What is your, like, relationship with this film? I feel like I saw it, like, a long time ago. Like, probably as a kid. But I don't really remember much. Except for, like, that scene at the end. Like, I don't remember... I know that they're getting revenge on their ex-husbands, but that's the extent that I really... You know, I've only seen it probably, like, once. Other than just recently. Fully all the way through, I think we too. I feel like it was on TV a lot. It was. It was like a TV staple. So I don't know if I've, I've truly seen until this time this movie, like, all at once. In sync all the way through. Yeah. But I do remember the, the VHS, like, uh, cover. Yeah. We might have had the VHS. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm so sure because you and I both grew up with women mm-hmm. who were single mm-hmm. slash divorced like older mm-hmm. like the ladies in this film like in their 40s sisters doing it for sisters themselves doing it for themselves having brunch mm-hmm. yeah gabbing talking about revenge on their ex-husbands like i feel like this is we kind of grew up around these types of women which is maybe why we have a fondness for this book club genre? It might be, yeah. But I feel like this paved the way for the Jane Fonda book clubs. Totally. I think so. Yeah, it's in, like, the same vein. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I don't know if I've seen this movie all the way through until this time. Yeah. I've seen it in clips. I didn't realize that that, like, the iconic, like, you don't own me scene, I didn't realize that was at the end. I thought it was somewhere in the middle. Well, it is in the middle a little bit when they have that, like, seance slash meeting. Okay. They sing sing it a bit. Because that's when I remember it. Like, just from memory watching the movie as a kid, Mm. I remember that you don't own me versus the end you don't own me. Ah. Yeah. I think I just, in my mind, they were interchangeable. But I don't know. Like, I only saw it the once. Like, in pieces. Like, I don't know. I wasn't, like... This isn't, like, the Titanic for me. <laughs> or, like, my... What is it? Mamma Mia. Where yeah. I've, like, seen it, like, 10,000 times. Backwards and forwards, I know it. So we're both, like, a little late to the party on this one. A little bit. However, it's always been in my life. It's been around. We all know, like, that it's iconic. This is a movie I feel like... It's just, like, representative of a lot of things, and it talks about a lot of things where, at the time, I think really resonated with women, Mm -hmm. but I think even now, just, like, the nostalgia of it, but the women empowerment, and that these are, like, iconic actors all getting together, 
like I think this hype like carries along and that's why we all love like the 80 for brainies and the book clubs is because oh. like, we're like hype when right they yeah oh like these actresses they've already like won oscars mm-hmm. right like this they're tonies to- yeah like they're very established we already love them it's like a lot of star power all at once and we're rooting for them like these like remind me even though these ladies are really rich in this movie it really reminds me of you know ladies in my life are like yeah being a lady and feeling this type of way and doing it for themselves totally yeah you know you're talking about like 80 for brady mm-hmm. and all that too like sally fields was almost in this movie i can picture that was she diane keaton's role see we'll never know i guess um goldie hawn was like you gotta be part of this movie come on sally and she's like no nah, i don't know i don't think it's for me i'm not as musical as the rest of y'all so i don't know she said she didn't know if she was gonna be like because, I, I mean, she kind of does have a similar aesthetic. Like, either she maybe would have been her, or it would have been a quartet instead. But how... See, Sally Field, to me, it always plays that mousy Diane Keaton. Right. It would be too similar, I would think. But... But... I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I love Sally Fields. So yeah, she's great, too. I know. I was like, oh, that would have been fun. But now we get her in all the book clubs with, like, Mary Steenburgen and, like, Jane Fonda. Yeah. Candace Bergen. That works. I love so, Candace Bergen. Same. She makes every movie better. She's like Stanley Tucci. Yes. Have you seen that TikTok where it's like the cooch for the tooch? What? No. <laughs> it's all the ladies that love Stanley Tucci. Oh, is that us? I think we're so. part of the cooch for the tooch. Yeah, I think we're a part of the coochie <laughs> for Tucci. <laughs> Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, oh, Coochie okay. for Tucci. Coochie for Tucci. 2023. 20, yeah. Um, but like Stanley Tucci, these ladies, cream of the crop. Yes. So Diane Keaton, she she was in the original production of Hair. That's what I found out today. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But she also, you know, famously, her most famous role is Annie Hall. Right. And she's never stopped wearing those clothes. I know. Which I think, I mean, were they her clothes? I don't know. What is... In this film, the First Wives Club, it is, like, their style, each woman is very reminiscent of their own style. Except for Beth. Yeah, I'm like, Beth Midler. uh, But but still her style, just, like... Dialed back. Dialed back. Yeah. I love that. And I love Diane Keaton's style, most of all. Like... But I also, I do love how these ladies, like, we know who they are. You know what I mean? Yes. It made me think. I'm like, wow, they really just have a shtick. Like, when you get so famous, do you, are you just able to do your shtick and people pay you for it? Is that what it is? I think so, because this movie, like, opens with, spoiler alert, Stalker Channing committing suicide. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Slow down with those spoilers. <laughs> oh, I mean, undeading or unalive. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. Undeading. That's, like- <laughs> That's a different movie. That's like... What is that movie? Practical Magic. Is this Dr. Channing in Practical Magic? She's the aunt, yes. Well. There you go. All the universes. They're colliding. colliding. (laughs) Um, But even even then, the moment Dr. Channing comes on the screen, you're like, hey, Dr. Channing. And you don't need any background on her at all or that plot to be like, man, I get it. 
like, left a brittle, like, a yeah. younger woman. I was a bit confused, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, when I started taking notes, I was like, because she had that necklace. Mm-hmm. Well, because it starts out with them, like, doing this pact. Like, we're going to be best friends, or, like, friends forever. And they all have these matching, like, pearl necklaces that they're mm-hmm. high school, graduate, no, high school, yeah. college. College graduation. College graduation. Was college. In 1969. Yeah. Nice. Cool time. Oh, are we just going to get into it? Let's just get into it. I mean, we're going to have to talk about all the ladies, because they all get proper introductions. Yes. So let's just get into it, because not to spoil it anymore, <laughs> but, like, Stalker Channing commits suicide, and then we meet Diane Keaton. So, yeah, let's just yeah. get into it. They kind of just chop it in there. I thought that she was, like, for a second, I thought that one of the ladies had maybe betrayed her. But that didn't make sense. It just happened so quickly, and then she gives away her pearls. But now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's symbolic, like letting go of material things, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of dark. It is. But just dark enough. Just dark enough, yeah. I love a good film that, like, tackles, like, has a good suicide. (laughs) Or, like, a good dead mom. Yeah. Just Just to make you feel something. Yeah. Like, even in Pixar movies, there's always, like... Yeah, they always start out. You're right. Like, up? Oh, my God. Was that, was that DreamWorks? Pixar, I think. Is it Pixar? Finding Nemo. Mm. Nemo gets lost. You know, good. Yeah, that's that a good storytelling. Yeah. Rips your heart out from the start. <laughs> I mean, I didn't feel, like, that upset, but... <laughs> oh, I was. I was crestfallen. I was again. No, I, Nemo. I mean, like, in this movie. Like, oh, I no, didn't... no, no. <laughs> it didn't have the same effect. I was also crestfallen... Like, with Nemo, just not with, um, Stalker Channing. But that's okay, you know? I see what they were going for. True. Well, also, like, spoiler from, like, the cover of the movie poster. There's no Stalker Channing, so... Yeah. So you know she has to go one way or another. I didn't know, though. I was... I don't know. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, actually, for, like, one split second watching, I was like, I didn't know Stalker Channing was one of the ladies, too. Yeah, I got confused. Yeah, it's like they didn't let you get too attached. This is gone. Yeah. But she's fabulous, wearing a fabulous fur coat. Yes, it's mink, right? Yes. So many good furs in this film. Right. I know that fur is, like, not a thing anymore, but when it was... What a time. What a time. R.I.P. Yeah. To the animals. (laughs) And to people wearing fur. Yeah. But, and then we get introduced... To Diane Keaton, who is wearing, I don't know if it's in this scene exactly or another early scene. This woman knows how to wear the color gray or wears a good neutral. Yes, like browns, gray, beige. Yeah. But nothing is beige about this woman. Yet it is. I don't know if she's playing a very mousy character. Yeah. But also, like, something about Diane Keaton has this, like, quirk. Yeah. Maybe it's her glasses. Maybe. I also feel like in this movie, she's, like, ready to burst at any moment. Because yeah. she's so repressed. She's, like, represses all her anger. She wears menswear better than any man True. I've ever seen. I just love, I love Diane Keaton's style so much in general. And I love how her character is, like, in pretty much every movie, she's, like, the same. Like, it's very, it's, like, kind of like, you know how Adam Sandler looks the same, but way yes. more stylish. Yes. Way more. I feel like this is, like... I mean, Annie Hall is the most, like, iconic or popular Diane fashion moment that comes to mind. Second, something's gotta give. Mm -hmm. The way that woman 
that Coastal Grandma wears those whites. Yes. And then I would say First Wives Club. Because it's just Diane Keaton's style. But in a movie. In a movie. Also, at the premiere for First Wives Club, I love her outfit because she's got like a brown leather jacket. She's wearing fishnets. She's the best. She's the best. So she has this overbearing mother. Oh, yeah. I love the mother, though. Me too. She's great. Relatable. Um, oh my god, what does she say? When, um, I don't know if it's when they find the letter. Oh, yeah, yeah, Oh my yeah. god, what does she say? She says, so, oh, it was such good stationery, yes. too. Because <laughs> she gets that letter from, uh, Stalker Channing. Oh, oh, what is her name? I don't know. At least, no. Stalker Channing. Yeah, I forgot what her name was in this. Anyway. Yeah, she gets the letter that's like, like a goodbye suicide mm-hmm. note sort of thing, and... Where she goes, it's better to burn out than to fade away. Oh, oh wait. wrong one. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what she said. And then her mom, oh, her mom's like, oh, that's such a nice stationery too. Like, she's like that's a shame. <laughs> Which I think we all know older women like this. Yeah, right. I do. Hundo P. I know you do. I feel like that's my aunt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love their relationship too. Yeah. Um. I don't know the actress's name, but she just, it's fabulous. It's just, like, overbearing enough. Oh, it's Eileen Eckhart. Eileen Eckhart. I had to look her up, because I'm like, she is amazing. She's just giving it just enough, too. It's not like she's, like, an over-the-top overbearing mom. She's just, like, right there to remember that Diane Keaton's marriage is falling apart. Mm Mm-hmm. But she has hope. I think that's, like, where, like, the generational expectations comes into play at first. Because Uh, Diane Keaton comes back after sleeping with her estranged husband. Yep. And her daughter, who's a lesbian. Right. And don't you forget it, with a capital L. She's like, hey, mom, I'm a lesbian. Also, you don't respect yourself because you just got, like, hooked up with dad. (laughs) Yeah. I I love that. That just, she just... Gets right to the chase, just shooting from the hip. Yeah. But the mom is like, oh, I'm so glad, which I feel like such like a, a woman of that generation type of thing. Yeah. But then the expect it doesn't help Van Keaton's character. It really doesn't. It also doesn't help that her therapist is also the same therapist as the her. I guess they're still married, technically. So, they're just separated, but... Yeah. That seems a little iffy from the start, just saying. For sure. Well, it is the guy from Seventh Heaven. Yeah. He's a the dad, guy. right? He's yeah. weird. I, I've seen... The, okay, I don't remember ever watching Seventh Heaven, but I've been seeing a lot of clips lately of people watch, like rewatching it, and there's some questionable... Like, I really would love to watch Seventh Heaven just to, like, see what it was all about and see how ridiculous it is. I, yeah, I've never seen an episode of Seventh Heaven, but I do remember, like, the guy, the dad, got in trouble, right, for actually being, like, a perverted creep, right? Oh, like, in real life? I think so. Oh. Yikes. But he gives me those vibes. I could have told you just by looking at him. That blonde hair does not fool me. Yeah, something is off with him. I don't... Yeah. Yeah. All the guys in this movie, I think also, well, because the other guy, like, Elise's ex-husband? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He's, like, the creepy, like, lawyer professor dude. Victor Garber. really blonde. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bette gets back together with Dan Hedaya, 
Oh, yeah. Who's like a man after my heart? Yeah, same. I guess you know I might too. He's got like Eugene Levy eyebrows. He does. <laughs> He's a good guy underneath a tough exterior. Yeah, I think I just know him as like Cher Horowitz's dad, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I love that man. Yeah. Um, a cantankerous like dude with a heart of gold. But we're gonna get that. So, um, are we introduced to Goldie next or Bet? Oh, I think it's Bet. Hold on. I definitely wrote this down. Um, Are those your notes? Yeah. Goodness gracious, I'm talking way too much. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let it. Brie has a novella over here. <laughs> like, this is this is like that time we did that episode oh. on Britney Spears, and you wrote, like, a three-page paper. <laughs> this is how I always take notes. I have to. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's, okay, so... It actually is Goldie Hawn. So she's at the, um, like, the plastic surgeon, and she's ha- she wants to get her lips injected. And the surgeon's like, you don't need to. You look great. We've already, like, done something to Like, you know, don't even – she's like, but I'm getting old or something. And he's like, no, you, you know, there's only so much we could do before you – I don't know. I forgot exactly what he says. But he's, like, advising her not to. And – he's like, is this about, like, your divorce? Like, I know you're upset about blah, blah, blah. And she's like, no. She's like, this is not about my divorce. It, this is about my lips. I want Tina Turner. I want Jagger. Yes. up. Which, like, now Goldie Hawn and her, like, work in this movie, like, plastic surgery work, very tasteful. Like, oh, you mean in real life? Yeah, or even in the movie with her crazy lips. I feel like people nowadays... Oh, ham on the plastic surgery. Dude. fillers and the cheeks and the lips and the Botox and... You're so right. Did this movie predict? Probably. Actually, I think it did because she's like, I want to be younger, younger, younger. Well, it's so funny. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Well, no, it's so funny. Um, She's like, there's only three types of roles for women. Babe. District Attorney, and Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. Which is so true even now. Yeah, there's not a lot more that's changed. Yeah. It's interesting. And Elise is her name, right? Yes. So, like, she's, because of her age, is going into Driving Miss Daisy territory. And I think, understandably, she, because she still looks fly, like, her body's snatched. Yeah. Like, she doesn't want to be driving Miss Daisy. No. And, and the divorce. But she's basket, but she's also an alcoholic. So, plastic surgery is not her problem, in my opinion. Oh, no, I totally agree. But, you know, like, something interesting just about Goldie Hawn <laughs> and, like, the injections. Um, So, they did, like, a simulated collagen treatment for her by injecting her lips with, like, a harmless saline solution. But, like, even though it was temporary, she said, like, later that it was really painful. And it, like, steered her away from actually doing that. Like, to her lips in real life. Like, to getting, like, real fillers. Wow. I know. thought that was interesting. And she was like, you know, I don't think I want to do that. And she is, it's, like, kind of meta because she is an actress. I I thought about, like, her role in this movie is really interesting because she plays, like, a an actress who's I, I don't know. She's never really passed her prime, though. She's Goldie's great. Goldie Hawn, is, I feel like we've never talked about Goldie Hawn in a movie before, but I have talked about her. Yeah, we've talked about her. Yeah. Just in general. Because she is 
she's just so good at playing like well she's really good at physical comedy for one yes but she's great at being like the ditzy dumb blonde but also like completely hilarious like i think goldie hawn paved the way for like a fran drescher or whatever she's kind of like in the vein of lucille ball like goldie hawn is yes is goat she does that like slapstick kind of stuff so well even in this film you can't take your eyes off her i i don't i couldn't the way she does anything in a scene she just does it to a like she's so funny just physically i know like even like at the funeral when she goes like and her lips are like huge and she's like giving maggie smith maybe like the on the cheek kind of greeting i was just like like it's so over like she looks so over the top it's so good. I love it. Or even at the end when she's doing the you don't own me. Like, her, like, dance moves. Yes. Cracked me up. She's goat. For real. I mean, I think, like, it's it's interesting, too. I don't know how deep you want to get in on this. Mm-hmm. But First Wives Club, to me, is a movie that has a lot to say about women and aging. I agree. And... You know, we see, like, the overbearing mom of Diane Keaton. We see the daughter. We see Goldie Hawn's character. We see men being terrible. Men being terrible. <laughs> we also see, like, the younger women uh-huh. in this movie, you know, being very vapid. Yeah. And vain and kind of taking their age for granted. But then there's also that, like, knowing that they're going to be, like, the other women it's like a cycle yeah and um i don't know i do think like it's very interesting out this movie talks about aging it's a lot of strange thing i agree because i think like even when we're introduced to bet midler yeah she talks about well she talks about like pleasing everybody for mm-hmm. what like the wasted older youth and then she says goodbye love hello pop tarts yeah amen that's what I say. <laughs> I don't think in the powerful way. I think she's like she like gave it all up. Oh. You know, like gave her soul up, you know? Oh. And like they just men just like used it. And what do you have left after that's all over? After you've had the kids, after you've like helped like in Bette Midler's case, like helped your husband start up the electronics business. Yeah. And then he just is done with you for like another like a, for a young thing that's horrible like you're disposable yeah and in goldie Hawn's case because she's an actress mm-hmm. she's also disposable yep another situation where she taught him everything mm-hmm. about the movies and at, uh, directing i don't know for what nice for what nice for what yeah this movie is basically nice for what it, and this movie is directed and written by men So I feel like this is Drake's nice for what in a movie. It is. That's a good point. I forget that. I don't know. This movie does seem like it's from a female perspective, though. Yeah, it it definitely does to me. I don't know. Trying to think. So I guess, so after we're introduced to the ladies, we have like the funeral scene and that's where they all kind of see each other in the pews at the church. They kind of lock eyes and... Afterwards, they kind of chat a bit. Elise doesn't remember Annie. Uh, I think Annie and Brenda were wearing the pearls, but I don't think yeah. Elise was. But no. They catch up. 
they do, they have this lunch where they're like trying to put on their like airs and their faces. Yes. It's hilarious. And then the more and more they drink, the more and more they're like, yeah, my life is falling apart. Mine too. Yeah. Although Annie's like, everything is great. And, uh, you know, my daughter, she's a lesbian. Lesbians are great nowadays. And, uh, my husband and I are great. We've been together 20 years, uh, and we're separated. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I mean, yes, lesbians are great. Sure. But, like, your husband, like, I don't know. I love how she, like, glosses over. I don't know. Because she wants her life to be perfect. Yeah. I love the transitions in this scene, too. They're very cheesy. They're, like, it's like a side swipe. Like, it's very, like, yes. Okay, we had to move on a little. Like, it was just a very interesting. It was funny. Movie. Yeah. Usually I pick up on those, like, editing choices and I'm like, yikes. This one, it made it funnier that it was, like, <laughs> cut to the time. Like, PowerPoint presentation, swipe, swipe to the time that passed. I liked it. I did too. Yeah. Didn't bother me. This is the 90s, you know? Yeah. Technology's only so far. So we're in Windows 95, baby. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. And then after it all, Annie's like, we're in our prime, guys. She's just, like, trying to keep positive. Yeah. She's like, look at us. What is it? Is it Bet that's like, no, we're not. Yeah, I think Bet's the realist. She's just calling things out as she sees them. She is. Oh, I love her relationship with her, like, 13-year-old son. That's so cute. It's very cute. Yeah. Um. Also, Fabulous House. Yeah. It's very yeah. nostalgic. It is. Um, but yeah, they decide to... They're, like, fed up, right? Is this where we get to that point? I think... I There's, think, like, the letter. I think they show how terrible their husbands are first. Like, okay. Yes. No, they, they kind of go through their relationships with their husbands before they get into the, the revenge. Yes. Which we are introduced to Victor Garber, which is Goldie Hawn's husband mm-hmm. and he's like a film producer yes who's dating elizabeth berkeley right post show <laughs> i love that i love that for her no, i didn't know wait. she worked after showgirls i didn't know i was like there she is there's no me <laughs> there's no me jesse spano slash no me yeah which you know to, i don't want to go too far on a tangent but i think it's interesting, like, the posters in his office or whatever, there's, like, this, it's, um, Elizabeth Berkeley. I guess it must have been a film that he produced with her in it, like, her character, and it's, like, it says policewoman by day, hooker by night. <laughs> I did some digging. I yeah. think it's based on an actual movie. Oh. Called, uh, called Angel that came out in the 80s Ooh. about a young girl who was, like, she was, she was actually in high school, but also a hooker. There's a follow-up called Avenging Angel. Anyway, the posters. Tell me this. Well, do you remember the, seeing the posters yes. in the movie? Okay. Just look at these posters. <laughs> and then where's the Avenging? Oh. Well, I guess that's the one. Yeah. Not gonna lie, they look really cool. They do. <laughs> But, like, the story behind this girl, it's very Nomi. Like, I think this is Nomi's backstory. 
I think showgirls might have been inspired by Angel. I don't know. It's just, it's, this is just a concept. Anyways, I'm like, the worlds are colliding. Is this a nod? Because Elizabeth Berkley, showgirls, I don't know. It could be. I don't know. I just went on like a, a rabbit hole. This movie did come out in 1996. So, showgirls was 95. Yeah. Just say. It's a theory. That's your film theory. My film theory, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I like Victor Garber. I love like Victor Garber. Yeah. I love to, like, I feel like he plays in the lone characters, but I kind of still, like, I don't know. There's something about him. Titanic, your fave? That's it. Oh, he was actually the good guy. He's, he's like, the best guy. Yeah. He designs the, the, the Titanic. He's the only one that had sense. Yes. Yeah. He's, uh, is it? Not Daddy Warbuck. He's in um, Annie, that one adaptation of Annie with oh, Kathy Bates. Yeah. Uh, Legally Blonde. Yeah. Alias. True. I don't know. All the classics. I feel like every person in this movie, it really is an all-star cast. Because I'm like, I know everyone, you know, they're like my child. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, they were just around in a lot of different movies. Yeah. Speaking of childhood, Dan Hedaya... Yes. Who was in this clueless dick? Yes. Oh my god. Richard Nixon himself. Richard Nixon. He's great. I feel like he was in even more things. Like, I feel like I've seen him. He's still doing stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. He's just always been around. At least, I think. I think he's like, like, he's like part of the extended fam or something. Like, yeah. He's just in my soul. Yeah. Um, and he's with SJP, right. who has the best haircut and best wardrobe, even though they're, she's, they're trying to paint her as, like, not really classy. No, she, her outfits are stunning. They slap. That leopard dress, that was hot, just saying. Everything, and then, like, the furs she wears, the boots and the furs, <laughs> yeah. Um, this is, like, pre-Sex in the City, too. Yeah. Right? Like, right before the it's pilot? a couple years, I believe. Or maybe a year. But this is, like, the SJP era. Like, she does this this year, and then Mars Attacks. Also in 96. She's in Mars Attacks? Uh-huh. Very similar style. Very similar haircut again wow. to this. It, I, one of my favorite SJP eras. Love it. No, she's, like, in her prime. Like... 90s SJP? Ah, what an icon. Yes. I love to Goldie Hawn's style in this, just on a side note. Mm -hmm. Speaking of haircuts, I also love her haircut in this. She really rocks the bangs. I I love a good layered cut, like 90s cut. Like, not a Rachel, but it's like longer. Mm -hmm. It's what all the girlies on TikTok have right now. I love it, though. Oh. They're copying her. Yeah. But... Uh, what else? Oh, Timothy Olfant made his debut in this movie. Oh my god, is that on your notes too? Mm-hmm. Or did you look at my notes? No, I'm, it's on my notes. It's right oh there. my it's god. Like, my my note crazy is, extensive notes. My note is Timothy Olfant is the moment. <laughs> he is. He's only on there for like a split second. You noticed him too? Yeah. I feel, is this like the, we're not coochie for douchey now. We're like Timothy Olafon gang rise. Yes. I noticed that too. I was like, what is he? Give me every- some Timmy. <laughs> yes. Give me Timmy. Yeah. That's our t-shirt. 
Exactly. Um, he he does pop up in so many '90s films. That's so awesome, though. I love him. I love seeing the start of someone's career like that. It's so cool. Yeah, I feel like Timothy Oliphant. You know who he confuses me with? Who? Or I get confused with? Um, what's his name? Walter Goggins. Walton Goggins. The guy in uh, Django Unchained. That's like also in every single movie that kind of looks like Timothy Oliphant. But I feel like Timothy Oliphant is like the 90s Walter Goggins. Or Walton Goggins. Walton. Okay. Walton's coming up. Walton. Okay. Oh! I see what you're saying. He's got an odd face. I mean, he, so does Timothy Oliphant, but... But yeah. like, I feel like Walton Goggins is like in all these 2010 movies, just like Timothy Oliphant had a chokehold on the 90s. 90s. Okay, I see what you're saying. Not that they look no. that much alike. But they're the same, like, genre of man. Yes. Hundo P. Yeah, I've definitely seen him. I know who you're talking about now. <laughs> in my notes, I just wrote, Diane Keaton's hung up on her pervy... Seventh Heaven X, that gaslighting fool. That gaslighting fool. Marsha Gay Harden, the therapist. I know. Yeah. The, this stuff, no, like, opinion. <laughs> Marsha Gay Harden, the therapist. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Um, yeah. I mean, shit hits the fan, basically. So Annie catches. She, like, okay, she has this great date with, what's his name? Arthur? Who was Aaron? It's Aaron. Aaron. Oh, he looks like an Aaron. So annoying. Anyway, he takes her on a date. Everything's going well. They, like, go dancing. It's romantic. You know? Um, he says, I love you. But, I don't know. You know, at least. They, like, do it. Yeah. I like, how do I say this? I was going to say the diddly. But he, he, they, they do the diddly. He wears a robe. Yeah, and then he's like, I love you, I want a divorce. And she's like, what? And then she has a total meltdown. She's like, I thought things were going well. You can tell she really wanted things to work out. And then the therapist arrives, and it's clear they've been having an affair. Oh, yeah, because Diane Keaton's been going to this therapist, uh-huh. and the therapist has been like, you have repressed anger. You need to work this out, blah, blah, blah. But turns out, the therapist, with her husband... Is her therapist. That is unethical. This therapist needs to be fired. She knew that whole time. Not Diane Keaton, but like Marcia Gay Harden's character. Seems kind of like a rich people problem, though, doesn't it? Totally. Like a 90s rich people problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, that's so crazy. I love how they're both like, well, the therapist does say she's allowed to be angry, but it's like at the same time, she's like, this is a good resolution. Like, they're both trying to like make it seem normal. It's like not. No, I think Annie's so right and freaking out and screw. Like, I mean, it's really over the top, but that's, I'm like, girl, you're, you're right. She's like, I wish I never met you. I, you know, she's just going off. And I'm like, yes, this is, I want to see this side of Annie. I don't know. Yeah. I think that's the aha moment for her where she's like, yeah. This is, like, a wasted time. Yeah. That's a shame. Yeah. It happens. Because then they can form this cult society. Yeah. Heist. I love it. Called the First Wives Club. Yeah. Where they're... It looks like... Okay, so it's, like, Goldie Hawn. Well, first, they, like... I think this is first. Whatever. Timelines. Life. Life happens. You know. 
Um, and time doesn't exist. Not in this it's movie. It's just a construct. So, Goldie Hawn's character, she, is it liquidizes the assets? Is that correct? Yes. She goes around, because I guess, I don't know if he gets half of everything she has, and I think she's so fed up. She ends up selling all of her, they come up with this master plan, but she ends up helping, is that Annie? Oh, Ben Midler. No, yeah. Wait, but I thought she sold it. Yeah, maybe it is. That would she make more sense. Tan, but that Midler's husband is the one with the electronics business. Yeah. I don't know how the Seventh oh. Heaven guy comes into play. But she could have sold to Terror. I don't know. I, yeah. I think to raise funds for the club or something, right? I don't know. <laughs> I wrote all this down, but now I'm like... I think so, because then Bette Midler comes into play during the auction. During the auction, yes. Anyways, I mean, Anyways, that's not important. It's not important. Like, like any action film. Like, this is like the Expendables for women. Yeah. Or something. It's just like, the plot happens. The point is, they're getting what's theirs. Exactly. Sisters are doing it for themselves. Yes. And I love how they start their own, like, they actually have a legit clubhouse. and have, like, a wall of, like, each ex-husband and their plans, like, along the wall. And they're, like, xing things off, like, marks on a calendar style and just... Like, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, like the Charlie Day meme. Yeah. Like, that's what they're doing. They're Charlie. Mm-hmm. Just plotting the revenge of each husband and how, like, strategizing. They are, like, hardcore. They're not resting. They're strategizing. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite is when they go to Morty's... How, like, when they finagle that, I don't know. I feel like they do so much. It is, like, the Expendables. My fate that is also my favorite scene. So they go to Morty, Dan Hedaya's house, and are trying to get something in the office, right? Yes, it's his pay- – it's, like, he has – Um, we find out from Uncle Carmine. <laughs> so I guess Brenda has, like, an uncle in the mob. And he's like, you want me to take this guy out? She's like, no, just how can we get him? And he's like, he falsified something in his business records. I don't know. Yeah. He's a fraud. He doesn't have all the money, he says, I think. And so they have to go to the office, but it's like a very, like, comedy of errors style. Or like, not even comedy of errors, but like, what is it? I don't know. It's very sitcom It's mm-hmm. very, like... Yes, it's like one person's running into the one room and someone's running. It's like, I don't know. I know what you're saying. They're like, look over there to try to, you know, block him. Because, what's his face? The, um, the friend, the gay friend. Yes. He's like, Maggie Smith is into the, oh my god, I'm butchering this. But she, like, convinces Sarah Jessica Parker that, like, she needs to, like, have an interior decorator. Like, yes. an art design. Like, you know, like, zhuzh her house. And the guy comes in, and it's all, you know, whatever. But my favorite scene is when they're on, like, they're trying to sneak, the ladies are trying to sneak out. Yes. Of the house, and they go on to the scaffolding. Right. Like the scaffold. I think so. I don't know. But they go on the thing. The, and they do the, the thing. The thing, yeah. They can't, like, they can't go down the stairs because they'll be noticed, so they have to go out the window and the, the window washer thing. Yeah. The, I don't know what it's called. 
the, the thing. That's one of the best parts of the movie, though. It's so funny. Like, and it drops, and they go through each, like, building, and you're like, hi! <laughs> I love that. I love that one couple that's just, like, they're, like, making out, and then they stop, and they're like, oh my god, like, Elise, you look great! Like, I just, I just think it's cool. She's getting recognized around town. She's like, thanks, bye! And then they just drop. It's exciting. It's thrilling. It is. It's very much like uh, that one episode of That's So Raven. It happens in That's Was So Raven, too. I feel like so much happens in That's So Raven. Like, yeah. they've been through a lot. Well, you know, Raven Simone is the 2000s Goldie Hawn. Right. A little bit. Definitely. <laughs> but I love that scene. Oh, and then we get the fight. Oh. Because in any good, like, friendship buddy movie, they have to fight. Yeah. And we get the iconic Goldie Hawn. I'm an actor. I don't have, like, one feeling. I have all of them. Yeah. (laughs) Do you relate? (laughs) Yes. And I've used that gif plenty of times, too, to justify my problematic behavior. (laughs) Just like Goldie in this movie. Yeah. Me all this week. Oh, she has, like, a lot of the most iconic lines. She's so good. She's also, her fashion in this is peak. Like, the leather skirts Goldie Hawn wears in this movie. Because. On parallel. Leather pants, too. The furs. The tight tops. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. No, she's looking hot. She's, she's rocking it. Goldie Hawn is always hot. Um, oh, and then they, sad montage is what I wrote down. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. Do tell. I just love the music they're playing, like, after all the friends have this fight, and, like, Annie's, like, trying to, she's like, oh, come on, guys, like, you know, what are we doing? And she's all upset, things aren't working out, she leaves, and then they're, she's walking in the rain, and we see, like, Bette Midler's character just shopping, I don't know, they're all just, like, doing their own thing, and we see, like, Goliath, like, sweeping the, the glass, and just, the sad montage, I don't know, I was just, like... And that song, is I forgot what the song is, but it's something like, love will come around again. It's like one of those slow jam, like, sad songs. This uh, soundtrack really is, like, it runs the gamut. There's, like, some, like, D'Angelo, I don't know, like, some, like, smooth R&B yes. songs. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Which, that just reminded me. Have you seen, there's, like, a music video like this movie had its own like they released a soundtrack like remember when movies released soundtracks yes i mean it's the 90s movie soundtracks are like the thing there's this one song oh man hold on i feel like you've gotta like see like i want to see it is puff johnson over and over here i'll turn to it and it has, like, scenes of the movie cut up into this music video. <laughs> it's, like, really dramatic. It's, like, so of a time. It is so, like, Monica, insert any music video, or, like, Brandy music video, mixed with, like, Natalie and Brugley at Torn. Yes. And she's, like, watching the movie on the TV. Like, there's flashes to the first wives, like, just living their lives out. It's, like, I don't know... I don't know who Puff Johnson is, but she's fabulous, and I hope she's doing well. I hope so, too. She's really getting it. And the song, I mean, it gets pretty good. Oh, the part. 
Anyway, you know, you see what it's all about. Anyway, love it. They didn't even show the best part of that song. That song gets better. Way better. Yeah. I don't know. That kind of slept. <laughs> right? I love Puff Johnson's style, too. Can we Google where Puff Johnson is? Where yeah. are they now? We need to know. Whatever happened to Puff Johnson? Oh, uh, <gasps> basketball player. That's no. not the same person. Wait. Oh, no. <clears throat> Moment of silence for Puff Johnson? Um, yeah, she passed away in 2013. No. She had cervical cancer. Aw. So she emerged on the scene with her singles forevermore and over and over, which experienced commercial success in Europe and Australia. Why not here? Wow. Well, man. You don't own me. (laughs) (laughs) Sand montage. Over and over. Sisters are doing it for themselves. All right. All right. <laughs> trying to lighten the mood. I know. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that was going to lead to, like... Uh, oh, but this is when the ladies... Because they've been trying so hard this whole film to basically avenge. Like, they're, like, taking it back. They're like, we have to take it back. And per the advice of Ivana Trump... Yes. Don't get mad. Get, get everything. everything. But then the ladies have an idea that it's just not about them. It's not about just these, like, three rich white ladies. No. Over their husbands. It's about all the ladies. All the ladies. All, all the, the sisters. All the sisters. All the single ladies. Yeah. Yeah. So crisis center is what they start, right? Yeah. They end up, but they're like, first we all take care of our husbands. Well, they get the money from their husbands, I guess. Yes. To make it real. And then they name it the Cynthia... Mm, was it Swan? Whatever I think her name so. is. Stalker Channing. Yeah, Stalker The Channing. Stalker Channing Crisis. Crisis. <laughs> Which, like, side note about Stalker Channing, the story that I've heard is that, um, is it Six Degrees of Separation, that film, like... Apparently, Will Smith wanted to risk it all for Stockard Channing, and he, like, fell in love with her. Oh, why, set. why didn't he risk it? I don't know. Maybe, like, she just, she wasn't feeling it. I don't know, but apparently Will Smith was, like, in love with her and oh. ready to risk it all. I don't know why that's all I think of when I think of Stockard Channing. <laughs> I guess because, like, they, there was, like, an interview with him, and he was, like, waxing poetically about her. Wow. Like, recently? No. Like, a long, long time ago, but... I think about that. Wow. Does he he hold a candle? Let's interview him. Yes. I feel like we could ask him. Or someone could ask him. Someone. Maybe we could. I mean, like, (laughs) he's fallen on some times. Yeah, he's fallen on some times. Can a red table talk? Infiltrate the red table talk? First Wives Club style and be like, Will Smith. Yeah. How do you stop your chanting? Oh, and then there's a Kathy Lee Gifford appearance. Yes. I love the little cameos. I do, too. And then they get to sing, You Don't Own Me. I love how they go out with a bang. This movie does it right. Yes. I love it. I love any time, like, older women get to sing. Like in Mamma Mia, 
Meryl Streep singing with uh, Christine Baranski and Julie Walters. Also, the idea of a girl group, like, because they were talking about, like, they were wanting to form a girl group or do something like that, right? Yes. So, First Wives Club and the Dynamos. Yeah. I just love that energy. I do, too. And I love, like, you know, obviously Bette Midler has, like, the best voice on the planet. Mm-hmm. And Goldie Hawn has the best dance moves on the planet. Yeah. But then Diane Keaton, who's, like, the mousy Annie, like, all of a sudden she's, like, lets her hair down and is, like, singing. I love it. I love how she does, like, the stanky leg. <laughs> I don't know. It's a little stank, I think. Like, the way, like, I love their dance. It's, oh, my God. That dance. You know what I'm talking about? Like, they do the shoop, shoop to the side. The classic, like, shoop, shoop. That 60s. Yes. The one that we thought we invented. They shoop, shoop, stanky leg. Yeah, and then it's a stank. It's like there's no in-between. It's either shoop, shooping or stanky leg. And then hands in the air. Twist turning, Ooh. you're spinning, standing on chairs. I don't know. I love the choreography. They're like, they do like the stanky leg, but they do like the, I don't know. It's like the sister to the stanky leg. Yeah. Where they lift the leg, the leg up. up. Yeah. I don't know what that is. It's like a, it's a pop. I don't know. It's, it's like a, it's almost like a twerk. A little bit. The, the, yeah. They're like stanking in the air. I love that. It's, <laughs> it's unexpected. In the air. Yeah. I think that's what Beyonce was singing about. What is that song? Hey, uh, I want, I yeah. Alien Superstar? Is this about the First Wives Club? <laughs> shoop, shoop, stanky leg dance? Shoop, shoop, stanky leg. Should that be copyrighted? You know what else I noticed? The very, okay, so like, well, after they dance and they like run out into the streets and they're like living their best lives, perfect movie ending, credits roll. The first line of credits is the choreographer. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, I've been blinking. Because this movie isn't, like, choreography heavy. No, but the, that dance is iconic. That dance is iconic. I don't know. It just got me thinking, like, because I'm like, the order of credits, I thought it was usually, like, the director, you know, like, but no, like, it's like, we gotta give her credit for that stink, like. The Shoop Shoop Stanky Leg choreographer deserves <laughs> all the flowers. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I just was surprised. A little. That's a little surprising. Oh, like, oh, you know, Ariana Grande? Yeah. Do you talk to her, like, last, like, week? <laughs> Personally? But no, but, um, I think for Thank You Next, she did a performance on Ellen. Where she dressed up with her, like, two backup dancers, like, the First Wives Club. Oh, my God. And she dances on the table, but she does not shoop, shoop, stanky leg. Oh, that's disappointing. And I feel like it's a very missed opportunity. Yeah. That's all. No, I would agree. I was going to watch that, too, but now I'm, like... It's really good. Is it? Like, she, like, accidentally falls. It's really cute. It's charming. She falls? I think so. Or, like... Messes up a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it's cute. It's cute. Like, it's one of those things where it's, like, endearing. Yeah. Um, she didn't shoop shoop stanky leg. (laughs) But Goldie Hawn does the best. Yes. Like, that's imprinted in my brain the way she dances. Same. I love that she just gets up on a chair and just goes wild. I mean, like, you'll even see her, like, even if she's... Not in the center of the frame. 
she will be doing that dance that's like really popular on TikTok now, like that hip hop dance where like you know you like cross your hands in the front, like bend down, like <laughs> yeah. She's do you know what it. I'm talking about? Like she's like, do you know what I'm talking about? I feel like I need to watch it maybe to remember. She's definitely doing like H to T dancing. Sorry, it might have been the uh, the first time. I don't know. I just remember, maybe my memory is weird. I just watched it the other day. But, like, I just love Goldie Hawn's dance moves. I feel like she's, like, slightly off-sync from the other girls, but in, like, the best way. Yes. She's, like, really just feeling it. Like, letting loose. Yes. I noticed when they were, like, doing that dance with their leg in the air. Her leg goes the highest. She's, Mm -hmm. like, whoa. Like, she's really letting go. Like, she puts a little more stank (laughs) on the... And what is it called? The shoot, shoot, stanky? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the official dance move. It basically is. And then there's a glide, like, to the side. Yes. Of glide. Glide. I she just know. glides a little harder. She knows how to glide. She does. And spin. I feel like she's spinning harder, and she does that thing with her hands. Yes. Whatever this is. It's, like, kind of like you're getting arrested. I don't know. But it's also, you're... There's, like, a butterfly. Arrest me and dance. And Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to flitter my hands around so you can't get me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that move is called. You just turn into a Bob Fosse. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Anything else? I feel like my biggest note that I have that we really haven't talked about was women in the 90s. Oh, Yeah. Just in general? Yes. I like feel the culture? Like, yes. I feel like the 90s was such, like, he do a, I kind of did a deep dive on feminism and, like, post-feminism in the 90s. Yeah. And I think it's interesting how a lot of people say that was, like, the death to feminism and, like, third wave feminism was kind of, like, the kicker. In the 90s? In the 90s. How? Like, starting in the 90s. I think, I think, like, from my understanding, in the 90s was, like, this first time that people, including women, were, like, we're equal now. Yeah. This is, like, we're in the 90s. This is the 90s. Yeah. yeah you hear that a lot. All equality, like, Bill Clinton's president. We're chill, you know? Yeah. And we can do things just like the men. Uh-huh. And I think some feminists have a problem with that, especially, like, first, like, second wave, like, that, like, how so? feminists in the past. Because it's, you're basically, like, being like, oh, in order to succeed, in order to be X, Y, and Z, you have to be just like a man. Like, think like a man. Oh. Act like a man. Have sex like a man. Have the power like a man. You know what I mean? Oh. Yeah. So, I don't know. Basically, like, Samantha Jones feminism. Uh-huh. Um, but, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that or not. That's, like, a discussion for another day. Yeah. But I love the women of the 90s and that, like, third wave feminism. I know that's just because that's what I grew up on. Like an Allie McBeal. Mm-hmm. Sisters are doing it for them. Like the, the, I get it. These women in this movie, to me, uh-huh. are like, yeah. Feminist icons. Yes. Yeah. For for better or for worse. Maybe for worse, but for, for better for me. I feel like there's like this 
this turning point in the 90s, maybe. And we kind of see that. And we see that for them, too, like, being in a different generation. Because they're, like, a little... They're middle-aged in the 90s, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a little different because they probably maybe have grown up on different ideas. They're, like, breaking old ways of thinking, even for themselves. They're, like, you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to... I don't know what my point was. Just... Just, I think it was just, like, a time for women, like, of all generations, you know? Like, to take matters into their own hands. Yeah, I think, like, too, and, and I know, like, there's movies in the 80s like that, but are the 80s and 90s are, like, the first times, especially the 90s, that we get, like, female empowerment in the way of, like, the ladies are aware. Yeah. Of, like, how what their role in society is and how to use it to their advantage, mm-hmm. maybe. Or also use, I don't know, I feel like, to the success of First Wives Club, it's very cool. Because this movie is a box office success. Yeah. But then you also get that, like, ingrained sexism where they didn't make a first wives club too right there weren't like a slew of first wives clubs but they wanted to mm-hmm. the, the gals wanted to anyway but they i think it was like the studio was like no it's not gonna make enough profit even though they were at the top like number one for like weeks and they like grossed more than what like i don't know what were the other movies um so many movies i've never heard of oh like um is it Die Hard? Was that did that come out the same year? No, it was something with Bruce Willis. I don't know. Oh, it was another. Yeah, it was like a knockoff Die Hard. It it wasn't Die Hard though. Yeah. Fly Away Home was like in the top five this weekend. I mean, it was a good movie. I thought at the time, but like it wasn't better than First Wives Club. So, I mean, First Wives Club is definitely counter programming. Yeah, but. I, we didn't even get, like, proper movies, like, romps with all females like this until probably Bridesmaids anyways. Yeah. And even after the success of Bridesmaids, we don't get, like, a girl's... We get, like, a girl's trip or whatever every couple of years. Yeah. But then one doesn't hit. It isn't a big success like the other ones. And then they're like, ah, forget it all female in comedies don't make a lot of money. Like, I feel like everyone just, like, especially with this genre, mm-hmm. like, there's so much against it. Like, people want it to fail or something. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I enjoy this genre, but, like, yeah, I don't really understand. Do you think this movie, like, First Wives Club did pave a way, though, like, for that? Because, like, I feel like you get iconic kind of moments, like, with the ladies are, like, drinking, letting loose, like, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. It just, it is reminiscent to me. Yeah, like, Bridesmaids or Girls Trip. Like, it's, like, sets the bones, maybe. Like, different, it's a different plot, different reasons. They're a different time in their lives, but it's, like, definitely energy. I don't know. And then this definitely paves the way for, like, a book club. Yeah. Which is, like, a new phenomenon, that I love that people go out to see. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a new book club's coming out, like, next week. Yeah. And, 
Yeah, 80 for Brady was a box office success. Book Club was huge. That looks so fun. Yeah. I want to see 80 for Brady. I do too. But like, if you bring out the goat, the Mount Rushmore of female, like, yeah, comedians and stars, people are going to come. Like, people are going to come for Jane Fonda or Diane Keaton. I think it's, like, aspirational, too. Like, for talking about, like, age as well. Like, these women are kind of ageless. Like, especially in this movie, like, at the end, they feel so young. Like, their energy, like, they just kind of mm-hmm. are timeless. Like, they feel so vibrant. You know what I mean? And all these women, you know, like, in a book club situation. 80 for Brady. Like, you can be... I don't know. I, I would like to think, like, as a young person, like, looking towards... You know, we all age. We're all going to be older one day. So, like, if I'm going to be older, I want to be having a good time. I want to be singing You Don't Own Me. I want to, if I ever get married and divorced, I, you know, I'm going to make the best of it or get revenge. I don't know. This is so aspirational, too. You're right. Like, because in one of my notes, I'm like, why are these films our jam as people that are the ages of the young women that they want to take revenge on, essentially. Like, isn't that ironic? Yeah. That we're like, you know, that there's there's so many gals our age, mm-hmm. us included, that are like hardcore Mamma Mia stands or like love book club or love like Martha Stewart and think she's a gangster, but she is. She is. Um... But yeah, is it, I think that's so interesting. But I think you're right. It's probably like, it's, yeah, it's aspirational. Yeah. I also think seeing women like this, it's very comforting. It is. It's like you're going to be okay someday. Like these women have their shit figured out and are fabulous on their own terms. I um, think like young women resonate with that because we're also in our own boxes. Yeah. Some like still a little unsure of ourselves in a way. And Yeah. That makes total sense. Yeah. And also that, like, hope someday that, like, you'll break the chains mm-hmm. of, like, conforming to society or people-pleasing. It's like, oh, yeah, finally. Like, these women are snapping. Yeah. And this is, like, in having autonomy. And I think as a young person, I'm like, that's where I'm like, ooh, I like this. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh, this can happen for me. All right. Yeah. And also female friendship stories. Yeah. Like, who doesn't love a buddy comedy? I know. I know. I love, like, when anything starts out with a pact. You know it's always going to be, like, like just like in a crossroads situation. You know, like, life's going to get in the way. But then they're all still going to be, fr- like, something's going to bring them together. Like, it's always, like, I don't know. It's just cute. It's heartwarming. Yeah. Anything else? Not really. Just... 10 out of 10 for me. Same. 10 out of 10. Shoop, shoop, stanky legs. Yeah. I get it, though. I get this movie now. Like, I get why people like it. I mean, I always knew I would like it. I just never really watched the whole thing. I mean, we grew up in the early 2000s. I'm sure it was on every single station at one point in time it's like one of those you know you know like steel magnolias Mm -hmm. i know i've seen it and we had it on vhs but i don't remember that plot i've never seen that movie i've maybe catched it on tbs like a bit of it yeah i don't know i'm just it's, it's like one of those kind of like there's so many good movies i think in the 90s that we haven't 
even touched on. I agree that we haven't delved like dove into, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's so funny that we're like collectively nostalgic for a time where we weren't even like like we were born in the nineties, but we like grew up in the two thousands. Like we're way too young to remember anything, like really in the nineties. But we're so nostalgic for it. Yeah. And we aspire to be like these like women of the nineties. It's such an interesting I don't know, the nineties were a great time, man. Maybe that was just it. We were having a good time. Life was good, apparently. Like Yeah. Maybe that's why two people our age really like these movies. Those people that like grew up in like it was post nine eleven were like it's simpler. They had a nice kitchen. They were doing it for themselves. Yeah. So cell phones are, like, chunky and funky. I don't know. You you could be a businesswoman. Like, the idea of a businesswoman. I don't know. Let's get the businesswoman special. Yeah. Man. Women of the 90s. That probably doesn't sound very empowering now. Just, I don't know. I don't know. I think that sounds fabulous. I think so, too. Just being able to run in the streets singing, you don't know me. Shoot, shoot, stack your leg. Yeah. All I know is I feel inspired. I'm about to run in the street right now. We do. Let's do it. That's how we should end this. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> and don't tell me what to do. Anyways. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. Is there anything else they should do? Or rate and review. I guess you can't subscribe. Follow us. I think that's a feature. Yeah. Email us if you nasty. If you want to send us some suggestions. Um, Some hate mail. Yeah. But no (laughs) letters. No stalker chanting letters. Yeah. Um, The link to the party pod at gmail.com. Thank you guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.